Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. He ties Jack Eichel for the team lead on the season with 25. Ryan O'Reilly set the NHL record last night for the most face-off wins in a single season. Locker room clean-out day for the Sabres is tomorrow. Around the NHL, the Avalanche beat the St. Louis... Western New York race fans, it's time to crank it up. For the next hour, the airwaves belong to you. Sit down, strap in, and let's head to WGR's Fast Track. All right, take a nice big deep breath, buddy. With your host, have a good day, all right, bud? Dave Buchanan. Good morning, race fans. 11.03 here on WGR Sports Radio 550. And welcome to another edition of WGR's Fast Track. I'm Dave Buchanan. Thanks for listening, as always, and... Back after the Easter break, it feels a lot longer than two weeks. It feels like I haven't done this show in a month, to be honest. But uh, nice to have last Sunday off, spend some time with the family. Hope you had a great holiday with yours. And we're back in the chair here on this Sunday morning here in western New York. And I'm getting sick of waking up to a winter wonderland every morning. It seems like it was. It, it briefly was snowing like sideways out there. When I was getting ready to, to come in here this morning, but luckily the snow is, uh, I take that back, the flurries are here in Amherst, and but sun peeking through the clouds, so it's something. But um, somebody tell the, calend- uh, the weather machine that it's April 8th and not February 8th. Uh, good morning. Great to be back, as I said. Uh, holy cow, there is lots going on racing-wise this weekend. We've got NASCAR in Texas. IndyCar in Phoenix, NHRA, first ever four-wide event in Las Vegas. Formula One is about to go green in Bahrain. You've got the icebreaker at Thompson for the NASCAR Modifieds. You had ARCA in Nashville last night, a big super late model race that we'll talk about later in this show. I mean, just lots going on. I'm WrestleMania too, but that's uh, that's not what we're talking about here on this program, but just lots going on this weekend and uh, fired up here this morning to talk to you at 803-0551-888-552-550. You can also send us your tweets at FastTrack550 and Facebook.com slash WGRFastTrack as well. But, uh, man, just so much going on this weekend. And uh, watched the IndyCar race last night. That was awesome. And ready to to watch today's cup race from uh, Texas. It's coming up at 2 o'clock, the O'Reilly Auto Parts 500. Check in on the NHRA. We'll, I'll be watching the start of the F1 race here this morning while we're on there. Just so much going on. So I hope you uh, have something to bring here this morning as well, too. Whichever event you're most excited about, uh, please feel free to chime in. Coming up on today's program, in about 10 minutes or so, we'll talk to one of our good friends of the program, Dustin Long from NBC Sports. D'Lo will join us at quarter past to talk some NASCAR as he is part of the crew there at the uh, NB- uh, NASCAR on NBC. And coming up at the bottom of the hour, big changes in store this year for the venerable Holland Speedway down in the southern part of Erie County. They'll be opening up this year, but uh, uh, new new dates, some Friday night racing going down at Holland this year. And we're going to talk to the new man in charge 
of the Holland Speedway. Daniel Hutchinson is going to be uh, running the ship this year. Uh, still Track still technically owned by the Bennett family, Ron, Tim Bennett, and the family. But Daniel Hutchinson will be in charge of the program and a potential uh, future owner of the property, I, I would assume. So we will talk to Daniel Hutchinson at the bottom of the hour about the future of Holland Speedway and what is on tap this year. But we'll start here quickly on NASCAR and today's race. And how about the Fords? Once again, they are just out of the box here quickly, uh, just tearing things up in the Cup Series. And they were pretty dominant in qualifying on Friday, although the uh, qualifying was shortened by lightning in the uh, Texas-Dallas-Fort uh, Worth area. So they did only get one round of qualifying in, but still, uh, out of the top 14, I think uh, they had eight, seven, eight Fords in the top top 14 qualifiers for today's race, including all Fords in the first two rows, including that front row of Kurt Busch on the pole and his teammate Kevin Harvick, who, of course, has won three out of the six races so far this season on the front row. Clint Boyer, who got the big win in the rain-delayed race at Martinsville a couple of weeks ago, his first win in 190 starts in the Cup Series. He rolls off third today. Ryan Blaney dominated the Xfinity Series race. He rolls off fourth for Team Penske. Then you got a couple of Toyotas, Denny Hamlin and Martin Truex. Then it's the Ford of Logano, Joey Logano, then Kyle Busch. Uh, Jimmy Johnson, who is no slouch at Texas Motor Speedway, despite his struggles so far this year. Don't forget, Jimmy Johnson has won three out of the last six and five out of the last ten cup races at Texas. He starts eighth today. Uh, again, we, we know about Chevy's struggles, but this could be a, a big day for uh, the 48 team as they do so well at this racetrack. He rolls off ninth alongside Kyle Larson. Then you got two more fours in Brad Keselowski and Eric Almirola in row six. And then the final forward inside the top 14, that of Trevor Bain. He is alongside Daniel Suarez, who that runs out your top 14. You also have uh, Bubba Wallace starts 15th. Alex Bowman is 16th. Chase Elliott back in 20th. Eric Jones in 21st. Uh, Ricky Stenhouse back in 26th. Then William Byron did not uh, do well in qualifying in the 24 car. He rolls off 33rd today for today's O'Reilly Auto Parts four, uh, 500. Green flag just after 2 o'clock this afternoon. But really, the Fords just continue to uh, just have an amazing start to the season. I'm going to talk more about this with Dustin Long in a few minutes. Um, is it just the Fords have an advantage because they didn't have to deal with too many changes this year, whereas Chevy had a new car and Toyota maybe having to deal with the confines of the new uh, optical uh, scanning stations that are maybe have reined in their, uh, some of their ad, uh, advantages in the in the downforce category. We'll talk to Dustin about that in a couple of minutes. Uh, is it just put Ford that much ahead, or is it Stuart Haas in their second year with Ford and, and more information under their belts helping them as well, too? It could be all of that. probably is all of that, but we'll, we'll talk to Dustin along about that in just a, a few minutes or so. But uh, the big news—actually, it wasn't big news. It's, it, I guess it's news that it wasn't big news. But earlier this week, we got the 2019 Cup schedule already. And uh, I can't remember how early the 2018 schedule came out last year. But the schedule releases in NASCAR have gotten a lot earlier in recent years. And a lot of that has to do with the, uh, the fact that these tracks have been under these five-year licensing agreements with NASCAR, sanctioned agreements with NASCAR, which virtually locks their dates in. Although, you know, we did see some uh, date changes, of course, going into this year with the transfer of the one New Hampshire date over to the folks at Las Vegas. There hasn't been a whole lot of that uh, in the last few years since the um, since, since the sanctioning deals were signed by NASCAR and its tracks f for these five-year deals. And 
Uh, and that's been good and it's been bad for several reasons. One of the good things is it's it's great for tracks that might have had a question mark about if they were bringing back NASCAR on a yearly basis. I, you remember Watkins Glen, you know, before ISC took over, you know, maybe you go back about 15, 20 years. Every year you would kind of question, would NASCAR come back to Watkins Glen? And luckily that they remained, they kept coming back every year, and then ISC bought the track. So, of course, that's the France family, which is pretty much NASCAR, although they're separate companies. So, that, that shirt up their deal at NASCAR. But you had, uh, not that long ago, you had to wonder if NASCAR was coming back to Watkins Glen every year. But now, with a five year deal, they know that through, uh, I believe it's t- through the 2020 season. That NASCAR, that that Watkins Glen is hosting a Cup race and hosting Xfinity race. They've known that, and uh, they're locked in, of course, in their traditional first weekend of August. Uh, so it's been good in that way. But the sanctioning agreements have also kind of landlocked the schedules, and you know, there's a lot of races on the schedule that some fans would love to get rid of or or change or see tracks that host two races hold only one race and there there's a handful of tracks like that. We do we've seen some changes like this year where Indianapolis their date got moved around of course they've gone from uh their late their uh, late July date now they're the final race of the regular season trying to inject a little more uh action into that date as the final date of the regular season on September the 9th. You saw, again, the New Hampshire date switch. They lost one of their dates. Vegas picked up the opening date of the chase. Chicago got moved back into the summer away from September and football season and all that. They're now a late, uh, early, or they're July 1st on the schedule the week before the, the summer Daytona race. So we did see some shuffling this year, a lot more compared to years past. But really, the, the next time you're going to see a lot of, of schedule changing is uh, into that that 2021 season and and that's there's been a lot of talk lately on what changes we'd like to see to the schedule and what tracks you'd like to see added and everything and this goes for all three series too uh not only just the cup series the Xfinity series and the truck series um each series has its own scheduling quirks and uh you know I like the the truck series schedule for the most part I'd like to see them do more events that are separate from the Xfinity and Cup Series. They do do plenty. You know, of course, they do the race at Eldora, which is great. They do Canadian Tire Motorsports Park uh, Labor Day weekend, or, or actually this year it's August 26th. It's not even Labor Day weekend this year. Um, you know, they go to Gateway. They go to some tracks that the other series don't go to. Same with the Xfinity Series. They go to places like Mid-Ohio and Road America, and both the trucks in the Xfinity Series, they both go to Iowa, which is something the Cup Series doesn't go to. But I want to see more. more. You, Kevin Harvick's been kind of championing, uh, championing the, uh, the wanting to return the truck series to more short tracks, like they did back in the day when the trucks first started. When they used to go to places like Flemington, New Jersey, and Louisville, and, and uh, you know Tucson Raceway Park when it was open, the old winter heat back in the day, uh, more stuff like that, uh, and, and that would be great. Unfortunately, the modern uh, NASCAR. Uh, seen it makes it difficult because tracks now have to require safer barriers, except for Eldora, and you know, and getting these short tracks to hold enough race fans and everything. And they would have to make major facility changes, like like Mansfield, Ohio, when they were still pavement and hosting the truck race, they'd have to bring in temporary seating and everything to hold a truck race. Um, and of course, Mansfield is now dirt. Uh, but to get the truck series back to more tracks like that would be awesome. It, is it going to happen? No, but I would like to see continue to see the truck series have its own have its own identity, 
and run more events separate from the two big series. Uh, there, there, there are some races that should stay with the truck series. The, the Daytona race is cool. That's part of Speed Weeks. Uh, the weekend we had a couple weeks ago, Martinsville, where they run on Saturday. I love that. I love watching the trucks in Martinsville. That's cool. But I'd like to see them go to more short tracks and run more events separate from the big two uh, just above them. You know, Maybe keep the, the end-of-season swing where it's Martinsville, Texas, Phoenix, Homestead, and have all three of your major series close out your years like that together. But the meat of the schedule, I think, should have more uh, standalone dates. Same with the Xfinity series. Now, um, can they, they, sh- they should continue to find more uh, uh, tracks that... Um, that hold that don't hold cup you know get them away from the cup series more although the the Xfinity series but going back to the Bush series and everything uh of course uh, you know it's been more traditional where they're on the same weekend but still like to see them have more dates like the race at Iowa and the race at Road America and Mid-Ohio those are fun when you get the uh no cup drivers coming in and it's purely the Xfinity series stars uh I like those races Unfortunately, the the attraction to see the cup drivers is is sometimes a selling point to go to an Xfinity Series race. So it's an unfortunate, delicate balance, but uh, I would like to see them continue to do more standalone events. But on the Cup Series side, I'd love to see more tracks added. Well, I'd love to see the schedule reduced a few weeks, too. I think the the season is, is too long. I don't think it should end like before the NFL season starts, but maybe lop off a few weeks. But there are definitely tracks out there that can maybe use to lose a date or give their date to another facility. You know, uh, unfortunately, it's some of those tracks that are closest to us here in Western New York, but the Michigans and Poconos, um, do they need, you know, two dates every year? Does Kansas Speedway, unfortunately, with a big investment from the folks at ISC into Kansas Speedway and, and with the casino and everything there, do they really need two dates? Does, does Charlotte still need two dates? That fall, I mean, we're going to, th- this fall race at the Roval, I mean, who knows how that's going to go? It's uh, going to be interesting to say the least, but if that doesn't go over that well, you know, do they go back to the mile and a half track or do they look at maybe dropping that fall date? Does the All Star race get moved? There's a lot of questions. Uh, with the future of the schedule, and it's going to be really interesting once we get into 2020 and 2021, when the when this five-year sanctioning agreement ends, what the schedule is going to look like for all three major NASCAR series. With that, we're going to go to the hotline and bring in one of our favorites here on the program from NBC Sports. Dustin Long is on the line. Dustin, it's Dave Buchanan here in Buffalo. Good morning. Great to talk with you, my friend. Hey, good morning, Dave. How's it going? Doing fantastic and uh, ready for some racing today at the Texas Motor Speedway. And Dustin, what was it? It was 80 there on Friday, 34 there yesterday. It's going to be in the 60s today. What what the heck kind of race are we going to expect today when they can't even get the weather right for two days in a row? Well, you know, that's the, that's the funny thing is trying to figure that out. Uh, you know, here with uh, at NBC Sports, we started our uh, uh, NBC Sports NASCAR America Fantasy League that starts this week. And it's... Uh, goes for the next 10 weeks up leading up to when NBC and NBCSN take over the uh, broadcast schedule of the NASCAR Cup Series and, and Monster Cup Energy Series and Xfinity Series. And uh, so it's my first time doing uh, NASCAR fantasy. <laughs> and, you know, it was hard to, you know, I, I almost, you know, typically I would look at in making our picks uh, what happened in, in the practices the day before the race and the final practice and who had the good who 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 ranked well in the in the uh, best ten lap average yeah. lap uh, averages, but uh, it was so cold yesterday there at Texas Motor Speedway that you know for the most part I'm discounting it. I know like Jimmy Johnson was fast and and some of the other Chevrolets were fast, which I think is a 
a good sign, but what does it mean when it's going when it was so much colder there yesterday than it will be today? Uh, temperature does play a role in it, and, and you still can't discount the, the Fords of Stuart Haas Racing, the Toyotas, particularly Kyle Busch and Martin Truex Jr. So, yeah, it's, uh, I normally would have looked at the, at, at the final practice and even the, the morning practice on Saturday. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not taking much out of it. <laughs> I, just, I just think the conditions are too different. Um, so now we'll see. We'll watch Jimmy Johnson will win the race and defend uh, his race win from last year, and everybody and and he'll say, "See, we 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 learned something in in the cold on Saturday. <laughs> see if that happens later today." Well, that was I was going to ask you about Jimmy. He has won three out of the last six and five out of the last ten Cup races at Texas. We all know about the the struggles for the Chevrolet camp this year outside of Austin Dillon's win at Daytona. What kind of day do you think the the forty eight and all the Chevy cars, but especially the forty what what are his chances today? You know, I I don't know because and I, I've really been looking forward to this race because this this race really intrigues me because uh, you know you get start of the year you go to Daytona that's a different you know restrictor plate racing that's all different then you yep. go to Atlanta then after Atlanta boom you go into the West Coast swing and everything's happening so quickly in the West Coast swing cars have to be built ahead of time they have, so they can be transported out because of the the, the long transportation time and 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 shipping and driving a car out there so. It's it's not like what you learn at one track you can put on the car for another track in mm-hmm. the West Coast Swing. It's kind of hard to do that. So now you've had a couple of weeks since the West Coast Swing. You had Martinsville. You had the off weekend for Easter. You've had time to do some things with the car to take what you learned at Las Vegas a mile and a half, take what you learned at Auto Club a two-mile where aerodynamic horsepower matters, and you come to a big uh, horsepower aero track, mile-and-a-half track at Texas Motor Speedway. I don't know if that means that suddenly the Chevys are going to come to the top of the board, but are they going to be more competitive? And that's what I really want to see today is can Jimmy Johnson run 6 through 10 on a consistent basis? And, you know, you haven't seen that as much out of that team. Can he step it up? I, you know, it's a progression. Now, if he runs in the top five, then that's great, and, and maybe they did learn something from Saturday. But I really want to see what Jimmy Johnson can do, what the other Hendrick drivers can do with Alex Bowman, William Byron, Chase Elliott. You know, everybody keeps talking about, you know, Chase Elliott and when's he going to get that win? And, and is, 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 does it happen today or do the building blocks of that continue today and lead him to something down the road? So, uh, you know, for the Chevy team, that's what I want to see is I want to see if there's progression from some of these teams, if they're just where they're able to run uh, as long as it's not because of their, their short pitting or, you know, four cars wrecked on the first lap that start in front of them or something like that. But I want to see where they can run and if they can consistently hold that position throughout a fuel run. Um, I don't know if that means they can win a race, win the race today. Obviously, you never know what can happen. Um, but I still lean toward, uh, you know, more toward Toyota or Ford over Chevrolet at this point today. I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm more surprised with the the lack of performance out of the nine versus I am out of the the 48. To be honest, I mean, both cars right now on the outside looking in. If if the playoffs were to start today, obviously we're very early in the regular season, but I would have expected more out of Chase Elliott early in the season. Uh, the Ford camp, though, uh, you know, phenomenal in qualifying. They took eight, seven or eight out of the top 14 spots. Uh, is it? With the Fords, do you think it's just they got that much better with, with Stuart Haas, especially with their second year driving the Ford Fusions, or do you think it's just they're taking advantage of both the Chevrolet struggles and maybe Toyota, some of their power getting reined in a little bit this year? 
Well, I mean, I think there's uh, that's a multi-layered uh, issue there, and I think you're you're right in the sense of Chevrolet taking time. I mean, you think back to last year with the Toyota when the Toyota uh, had the, the the new new body introduced. Okay, Martin Truex Jr. was fast from the start. There yep. was no doubt about that. Mm-hmm. But uh, Kyle Busch wasn't too bad, and maybe could have won a race in the first six seven races, but they kept shooting themselves in the foot at times. But for Denny Hamlin, Matt Kenseth, Eric Jones, Daniel Suarez. Uh, it took them a while before they really got up to speed. And so, you know, of the Chevy teams, I'd almost say Kyle Larson's kind of been that Mark Truex guy this year and that he's kind of been fast, but he hasn't been blazing fast like Truex was last year. And I think it just takes time for everybody to catch up. So, uh, you know, if I'm in the Chevy camp, I'm a little bit concerned, uh, but I want to continue to see progression. And, and I want to see steps moving forward. How will today help for Kansas? How will that help in moving, making you, making that team better for Kansas to make it better for, for, for Charlotte and the Coca-Cola 600 or even the all-star race? So I, I want to see that. And I think it does take some time. Now maybe today, today it ends for Chevrolet. Uh, for the Fords, yes. Uh, second year with the manufacturer for Stuart Haas Racing, uh, Greg Zipadelli, director of competition, Tony Stewart, one of the co-owners, and others have talked about just the challenges that they faced, maybe you know, letting on more so than what they did last year of what that conversion took and how long it took to really get things to where the cars were right, to where you were learning the cars, and then understanding what it took for the cars to be fast. Now, remember, uh, you know, Harvick got better as the season progressed last year, won at Texas last year, got by Truex uh, late in that race, and you started seeing the seeds of what Harvick's done this year yeah. at the end of last year. That doesn't mean, you know, nobody was anticipating him to win, you know, three in a row. I mean, let's, let's be honest. Uh, so I think that's been a factor. I think also, you know, what the four teams have talked about is the new inspection process, the OSS inspection, where they take them into the tent, and they, they do the scan and everything. Um, the four teams are hoping that would keep teams closer together yeah um and and that was a factor and also something that doesn't get talked as much about is the front splitter and the in the uh, uh uniform front splitter for all teams and the belief was that toyota's had kind of figured something out so when they went to a, a standard uh, splitter for all teams that kind of took something away from toyota so it kind of brought them back a little bit i mean look truex has been truex has been fast okay i mean don't you know don't ignore what martin truex jr has done uh, even though Stuart Haas Racing has won four of the six, uh, the last six races, I mean Martin Truex Jr. has finished top five every race except for the Daytona 500. Yeah. Fifth at Atlanta, fourth at Vegas, fifth at Phoenix, first at Auto Club, fourth at Martinsville. I mean that's that's Martin Truex from last year. Yeah, they haven't dropped, they haven't <laughs> let off. So uh, there's there's a lot to it. Uh, like I said, it's going to take a little bit of time for Chevrolets while they they're they're further back. Boards have stepped up, particularly Stuart Haas Racing. Um, Truex has been strong as as and as usual. And 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 look, we'd be we'd all be talking about Mark Truex Jr. if it wasn't for the incredible run Harvick's had for sure. Dustin Long, D'Lo, you you make my job easy. I only need to ask you three questions, and just like that, we are out of time, my friend. <laughs> Uh, what uh, you mentioned the uh, NBC uh, NASCAR and NBC at uh, NASCAR America Fantasy League. What else uh, are you and your colleagues uh, Nate Ryan and all the great folks at NBC working on for this week? 
Yeah, for the Fantasy League, there's still time to join up. Uh, if you haven't, you can go to NASCAR.com slash NBC Sports Fantasy. And what it is, you're competing against Dale Earnhardt Jr. is in that league. Our Steve Letarts in that league. Jeff Burton, Kyle Petty, Dale Jarrett, myself, Nate Ryan, uh, everybody with NBC, Chris Devota, uh, Kelly Stavis, Marty Snyder, everybody with it uh, is in it. So you can compete against us. Uh, also, uh, you know, make sure to check out our coverage at NBCSports.com uh, slash NASCAR. Nate Ryan's down in, in Texas this weekend. I'll be down at Bristol next weekend. Uh, and just a lot of different uh, things on the site and uh, coverage throughout the week uh, for sure. Is Lee Diffie in the Fantasy League? Lee Diffie is uh, in the – he's part of it. So awesome. I believe he is in the, uh, he's in the, in the league. So uh, <laughs> everybody's involved in it. You know, I mean, Lee had hit some of the guys that the, the IndyCar duty last night. Yep. Quite a race on NBCSN with uh, uh, James uh, with uh, not uh, with uh, Newgarden. Newgarden, I was going to say, yeah, Joseph Newgarden winning and and getting by uh, Robert Wickens at the end. Uh, the rookie's really done a fantastic job over there with uh, nearly winning at St. Pete and finishing second at Phoenix in his first oval. So, uh, yeah, we've got Lee and and some of those guys over there uh, in the league as well. I was going to say, yeah, I enjoyed their work last night uh, watching the IndyCar race from Phoenix. Dustin, uh, appreciate the time as always, my friend. Thank you so much, and hopefully we can talk again soon. All right. Have a good one, Dave. All right. Dustin Long, D'Lo from NBC Sports, and uh, appreciate him coming on the program, and you can follow him on Twitter too. He's on there, uh, at Dustin Long on Twitter. And, uh, yeah, sign up for the NBC uh, Fantasy League through NASCAR.com. I may do that during the break. Uh, Real quick, on an F1 update, bad day for Red Bull already, just eight laps in. Both our cars are out of the race. Uh, Daniel Ricciardo dropped out with, I'm assuming, a mechanical issue. The car just pulled off track, and he got out of the car. I don't can't not can't hear the broadcast, but I'm assuming. But I did see Max Verstappen make contact with another car, and that damaged a uh, a tire. Not just not even cut it down, but also damaged the rim on the tire. And uh, he made a pit stop, gotten, had gone back out, but he is out of the race. So both Red Bull cars are out of the race uh, right now. Vettel leads uh, Botas and Kimi Raikkonen, Lewis Hamilton, and. Um, are the uh, top four right now there in the uh, F1 uh, Grand Prix of Bahrain, which is under the lights in Bahrain, but of course it's 11.27 here. And with that, we'll come back with more. Uh, Daniel Hutchison from Holland Speedway is going to join us when we get back here on Fast Track on WGR. Hi, this is Jamie McMurray, driver of the number one McDonald Chevy SS. You're listening to WGR Sports Radio 550. Jamie McMurray in the field today for today's O'Reilly Auto Parts uh, 500 at the Texas Motor Speedway green flag just after 2 o'clock this afternoon. Xfinity Series yesterday, Ryan Blaney picking up the win in dominating fashion, led 132 out of 200 laps. But I like the rest of the top five. Christopher Bell, Daniel Hemmert, Cole Custer, Ryan Priest rounding out the top five for uh, young guns of the sport, doing very well, especially Ryan Priest, who continues to get better in every start with Joe Gibbs Racing, the driver uh, out of Connecticut that, of course, uh, is a modified ace, uh, ran Lancaster Speedway a couple seasons ago, ran the, the Tommy Tony Memorial. Uh, and actually, Ryan uh, left Texas yesterday and flew right back to his home state of Connecticut, where he is racing today in the icebreaker at the Thompson Speedway, the second race of the year for the NASCAR Wheeland Modified Tour. Uh, that'll be coming up at 345. That'll be taped late on NBCSN. Uh, Tommy Catalano from Ontario, New York, of course, uh, Race of Champions uh, modified regular, won the Race of Champions late model and sportsman titles last year. He is in that race today as well, too, uh, attempting his first NASCAR modified start. Yesterday, Tommy ran in the uh, Valenti modified racing series event at Thompson and finished sixth in his first start there. Phenomenal job for him. And uh, the Big Cat's going to run with the NASCAR boys today along with uh, 
his rest of his family, his parents, Amy and Dave, and his brothers, Troyer and T- Tyler and everybody, they're all up there in Connecticut um, trying to get Tommy his first start in a NASCAR uh, modified tour event. So good to see. And uh, speaking of, of local guys doing well, Ryan Priest, Tommy Catalano, Stuart Friesen, our, our buddy from Niagara-on-the-Lake, Ontario, of course, a regular in the uh, Camping World Truck Series, ran his first, well, Technically, his first super late model race uh, y- yesterday at the Nashville Fairgrounds Speedway, one of the historic short tracks in our country, uh, ran a big super late model race and finished second in it. Did a phenomenal job uh, finishing second to Casey Roderick, who's one of the top uh, super late model uh, competitors down south. But it was Stewart's first big super late model race. He ran a uh, black 112 car with a throwback paint scheme to Gary Ballou's Batmobile and finished second. I didn't see the race because it was... Uh, I didn't catch the uh, the pay-per-view stream, but uh, from all reports, Stewart did a heck of a job and uh, had chances there in the closing laps, but uh, came up short. But uh, great to see. Not Stewart's first late model start, however, though. He did run a late model race, at least one. I, I'm confident of this, that he ran a, a late model race at Lancaster back in the day. I think it was he was driving Mike Nash's car, but... Before Stewart went completely dirt and his family still owned Lancaster, uh, he made at least one asphalt late model start at Lancaster Speedway. But, of course, has gone on to uh, bigger and better things with the uh, with the Caperal Truck Series. They'll be back in action soon. And uh, great to see him have a good late model run. And now I want to see him do more late model races. I'd love to go see him run the, the Snowball Derby this December. If he can hang with with some of the, the best uh, southern late model boys, and those guys are tough, uh, yeah, that'd be great to see. And the other exciting thing from that late model race yesterday in Nashville was there was a brawl in the pits involving Stephen Wallace, of course, the son of Rusty Wallace, the former Xfinity Series driver who uh, gets by on his <clears throat> talent uh, to compete in super late model racing. And he got involved in a brawl uh, in there's some really good video of it. And if you go scroll through my uh, Twitter feed from yesterday, you'll, you'll see I retweeted it. Um, so check that out. But Stephen Wallace was involved in a brawl in the pits there yesterday at Nashville. Uh, F1 still going on. Uh, Sebastian Vettel uh, continues to lead. Lewis Hamilton now up to fourth. Uh, I didn't say he was running fifth before the break because I didn't know the guy's name. I had to look it up. Shows how much I pay attention to F1, I know. But Pierre Gasly is running fifth. He's driving for Toro Rosso. And Kevin Magnussen for Haas F1 right now uh, running in sixth place. Speaking of open wheel racing, of course, uh, IndyCar was in action last night with uh, the race at Phoenix, and a, a great race, much better than last year's uh, Phoenix race, which was kind of boring, but it was good to see him back there. But a, a great win for Joseph Newgarden. It was interesting. It was coming down to the end, a late race caution, uh, and Robert Wickens and James Hinchcliffe, of course, Robert Wickens we had on the show a couple of weeks ago, Robert Hinch, uh, James Hinchcliffe, the Schmidt-Peterson Motorsports cars, and uh, Alexander Rossi both all, are all three elected to stay out while everybody else came down pit road late. And they looked like we were potentially getting a repeat of the St. Petersburg race with Rossi and uh, Wickens uh, right there at the front of the field on a late race restart. But it turned out that uh, Joseph Newgarden on fresh tires kind of blew everybody's doors off to uh, pick up the win last night in Phoenix. Let's go to the hotline, though, and bring in the uh, new man in charge of the Holland Speedway. Daniel Hutchinson joins us on the line. Daniel, it's Dave Buchanan here in Buffalo. Uh, Good morning and congratulations on your new venture here into local racing. Good morning. Thank you very much for all the uh, great words that you said. I, yeah, it's, uh, it's going to be an, uh, uh, an awesome adventure. What, what title are we going? Director of Operations, General Manager? I didn't know what title to use for you. <laughs> the, the thing about titles is they get crazy. So the only thing I can say about the, uh, oper- or the deal is, is I've taken over operations in terms of the deal is uh, private. 
I understand. Uh, so with that being said, uh, it's always interesting when, when someone that doesn't have a, a background in motorsports, I know you did race previously, but still kind of an unknown to most of us here in the local motorsports community, uh, what got you to get involved over at the Holland Speedway? Um, oh, I, I do have a, a racing heritage going all the way back to when I was 14 years old working on uh, dirt cars at Genesee, Humberstone, uh, Maryville Speedway. Sorry about the noise. It's all right. Um, and uh, I've always had a passion for engineering, and I've always uh, believed in Holland, and I actually raced there in a four-cylinder car and a cup-like car back in the uh, mid-2000s. Uh, okay, and so... Uh, just uh, this opportunity came up. Uh, of course, the the track had been on the uh, on uh, up for sale in recent years, ever since the uh, the Bennett family announced. And you're just kind of taking a chance here to uh, potentially buy the track in the future, depending on how this season goes. Maybe. Um. The, I all I can say is I'm here for the long haul, and uh, I've taken over operations in the terms of the deal is private. Okay. Fair enough. If you can respect. Uh, I don't want to publicly uh, disclose what we've uh, put in order. That's fine. I completely understand. I'll I'll stay away from that topic. So with that, with all that being said, then what what is uh, your biggest challenge? What do you expect your biggest challenges to be here with this first season? Um, the biggest challenge is just organizing because when uh, um, the uh, the new broom sweeps clean, we don't have anything. The only thing that we have is a piece of property. Um, everything other than that is going to have a new fresh coat of, uh, paint and smiling faces. All the operations are going to be new. Uh, website will be rolling out here shortly and the property is getting a new, uh, name. What's the new name going to be? The, uh, the, the whole property, the whole 134 acres is going to be called Hillside Buffalo. Mm-hmm. And, uh, it's going to the track, uh, which we'll call it, you know, NASCAR at Hillside, um, is going to be getting a bunch of little subset of uh, entities in it. Interesting. So you're go you're going away from the the traditional name of, of Holland Speedway, but the the track's going to officially be be called NASCAR at Hillside. Yes. So we'll always have the heritage of uh, um, Holland Speedway. I mean, that's a, you know that's what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, there's no sense in changing nicknames. I mean, you can go all the way back to the Lady in Black. You know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> The uh, the uh, tracks get their all you know their names and they stick with them through acquisitions, through transfers, through all this other stuff. So I won't ever uh, replace the name, but uh, we're just going to make sure that everybody understood. Uh, everybody understands that it's a fresh new start to everything. And, and speaking of new starts, and this is the decision I'm very interested to see how it plays out, and I, I think it's a it's a great time to make this switch. Is Holland is actually going to be running some stock car events on Friday nights, which they've never done. And while some may see this as a gamble, I think it's great uh, for with the you've already got you know instead of having three tracks within close proximity, I'll try and run at Saturday night for you guys to make the switch or at least try to make this switch to Fridays. I, I think it's a bold, but I think it's a it's a it's a decision that needed to be made in this market. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of, uh, you know, over history, you can tell that, you know, quiet people really learn, sit back in the waitings and then swoop upon them. And that's when you make the large bang. So we don't necessarily believe that we're going to be always transitioning, um, but we need to necessarily listen to our fan base. We've got to listen to our competitors. We look at our sponsors, um, which will be announced shortly. 
and those sponsors necessarily need to have you know a resurgence and just like uh when i started a company way back when you know it was a dollar and a dream and here i am in st louis with you know half a million dollar uh trade show booth and uh we're growing. So this is the same resurgence feeling that I would like the uh, the racing community to be a part of and the great city of Buffalo. Uh, real quick, uh, I know you've got the uh, the schedule put together. What are some of the big dates you're looking forward to on the 2018 schedule? Everyone. Sir. Uh, <laughs> I can't wait to shake people's hands. I can't wait to uh, smile. I can't wait to see the smiles out there. Um, everybody always asks me what my title is, and I think my title is is just making sure that everybody feels like a rock star. That is a, a good way to be a race promoter. I, I hope it works out. Uh, I, I know uh, I don't get to go to Holland as much because my Saturday nights are full, but I'm looking forward to uh, especially the Race of Champions Modified Series event on July 21st. I'll be there for that, of course, but uh, really looking forward to it, and I wish you the best of luck. All right. Thank you very much, and it all starts with your support. So anything that you do, please... Uh, Feel free to reach out, and uh, we'll get everything done. Very good. Looking to meet you in person, Daniel. And, and uh, again, thank you for taking the time. I know you're very busy this morning. I appreciate the time. No problem. Thank you, sir. All right. Daniel Hutchinson from the uh, Holland Speedway, which is going to be called uh, NASCAR at Hillside, apparently, as part of the uh, property changes that are going to be going on at that uh, facility down there in, in uh, the southern part of Erie County. That The property the track sits on is, is so valuable, and I'm glad that – uh, it's going to be kept a racing facility. Uh, I know that was part of the deal uh, when Ron Bennett announced the track was for sale, that they were only looking for uh, potential suitors that uh, would be keeping the facility a, a racetrack, but they're also going to try and do some other stuff there with that that property, which is uh, you know a, a great uh, not far from uh, most of the Buffalo and First Ring suburbs, and uh, it's a prime prime location. So hopefully it works out for them. Uh, they're f- they're going to do some practices. Their first race date is a Friday. It's they're calling it a soft opening Friday, May eighteenth. Uh, their first Saturday date will be a Memorial Day weekend, Saturday, May the twenty sixth, and then they're kind of alternating Fridays and Saturdays. Their full schedules on their uh, Facebook page. Just look, uh, search Holland International Speedway on Facebook. They're going to run the uh, SST slash Pro Modified slash Sportsman. Uh, Street, they're calling Street Stock 8s, the old Chargers, uh, Street Stock 4s, which were the Hornets, and then uh, the Figure 8s, the Legends, and they're going to have the TQ Midgets a bunch of times, To The NYPA TQ Midgets will take up a residency there. And then, yeah, I'm definitely looking for always the Race of Champions modified tour date. It's always very exciting. Some memorable moments over the last couple of years with that date. That'll be uh, July 21st. Uh, you know, just remembering Andy Jay's first ROC win, uh, the night uh, Patrick Emmerling uh, took down the flag stand at Holland, just two of the most memorable moments for me as an announcer, at least, but also just for Western New York history over the last couple of years. Just some uh, phenomenal events there. Uh, great race there last year, too, with Matt Hirschman. So uh, definitely looking forward to that date. And they also have their f- uh, famous crash rama dates all on the schedule. So appreciate Daniel. He was very busy at a conference in St. Louis with his day job, which is a company that does 3D printing that I don't know too much about, but it seems to be a very successful business which is probably why he's able to make this investment into Holland Speedway. All right, we, that being said, we're going to take a break here. When we get back, we'll wrap up this week's edition of Fast Track. Time for your phone calls at 803-0550, When we wrap up Fast Track here on WGR. Hi, this is Ryan Newman, driver of the Caterpillar Chevrolet. You're listening to WGR Sports Radio 550. Hello, Newman. Ryan Newman, 
good starting spot for today's O'Reilly Auto Parts 500 at the Texas Motor Speedway for the NASCAR Cup Series Race 7 of the uh, 2018 schedule. As uh, that'll be coming up at 2 o'clock this afternoon. NHRA is in Vegas this weekend, and it's a new event at Vegas because they have expanded their uh, facility there. The strip at Las Vegas Motor Speedway, they're now a four-wide track, and now NHRA has two four-wide events on the schedule. The first, of course, was uh, the drag strip in Charlotte. Uh, They went to four-wide, I think it was like eight years ago, and now Vegas has expanded to four lanes, and I love it. I think it's cool. I know uh, Mike Janis, when we talked to him, he said he hated it as a driver. As a fan, especially as not a a diehard fan as I am when it comes to watching NASCAR, of course, uh, I think it's cool as heck, and I'll be watching that on Fox Sports today. Uh, Tony Schumacher, the top qualifier at Top Fuel, Courtney Force in Funny Car, and Greg Anderson in Pro Stock, and good news for John Force as he hasn't blown anything up yet like he's done in the first couple events of 2018. Hopefully he gets through this one unscathed. Uh, the only thing I don't like is the fact that they're so close together on the schedule. You've got today's event in Vegas, and then you've got the uh, the four wide nationals in Charlotte. That's at the end of the month. So you've got both of these events within a, uh, just a few weeks of each other. So I wish they were spaced out on the schedule a little bit, and maybe NHRA will look to do that in the future. This is just the first year of Vegas being expanded into four wide. But uh, I'd like to see him spread out. But either way, uh, I will be watching and uh, watch some of the qualifying yesterday. And uh, I think it's just just cool as hell. Actually, they did a, a test run. They actually put two dragsters, two funny cars on the track at the same time. That looked even better. Uh, I, I doubt they would ever do a – they would never do that outside of maybe like a testing or a time trial. They wouldn't do a race like that. But that would be fun to watch as well. But uh, that is also on the docket for today. Uh, Formula One, Lewis Hamilton has inherited the lead through some pit stops. Vettel's back to second, then Botas, Raikkonen, and Gasly for uh, Toro Rosso. Uh, right now running at the top five as they're uh, approaching halfway at Bahrain for the uh, Grand Prix there. Uh, let's go to the phones. Daniel in Franklinville is on the line. Daniel, good morning. Good morning. Thank you for taking my call. I just had a few questions here. First off, uh, what do you think is going to happen to Little Valley Speedway? Because I know they're not running anymore. And my next question is, what is going on with vocal racing? Because you see a lot of classes are dying, such as like E-Mods, Street Stocks, Mini Stocks. It seems like the Modifieds and Crate Lates and Late Models have been taking them over. And then my my other question is, what do you, what do you think is going to happen as far as um, with the Late Models this year? Do you think Greg Oaks could do better this year than... You know, because I know Max Blair is a hot uh, race car driver, and I, I'm a big Greg Oaks fan, and I'm just wondering what you think he's going to do this year. Uh, Daniel, thanks for the phone call. I, I will plead ignorance on the uh, Oaks versus Max Blair discussion because I don't. With working at Ransomville and and being in the northern part of this region, I don't follow the super late model ranks as much as I should. Uh, Actually, I'm trying to get Max Blair on the show very soon and want to talk to him, but I I will plead ignorance on that one. They're both very talented late model drivers. I know Max won a a ton of races last year, so uh, I will uh, unfortunately not be able to answer that one. Uh, The 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 divisions, uh, this is just part of the sport. Divisions rise and fall in popularity. Anything with crate motors right now is very popular because of the quote-unquote affordability. I know it's still very expensive, but compared to buying a regular built motor, uh, the crates are just a more affordable option, a very popular option right now, which is why you're seeing all the Sportsman series uh, take off all with that, that run the crate motors and the crate late model series. 
those are big right now because it's just affordable and easy to get your hands on one of those engines. So uh, it's that's just part of the the way the sport is. Divisions rise and fall. You look at Ransomville, what they're doing right now with their street stocks. They're transitioning them into pro stocks. This is kind of a transition year for the Ransomville street stocks into a pro stock. Uh, it's just some divisions get hot. It depends on affordability, uh, the readiness, availability of cars. You know, s- some of the, like the mini stock classes. It depends what kind of cars are, are laying around in junkyards. What style of cars uh, for for some of those beginner divisions? You know, the 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 eighties Monte Carlos, the Regals. Those cars are getting so hard to come by, and yeah, you got to switch to aftermarket parts to run them, uh, especially a lot of the body parts. So uh, that's why you see some of the street stock classes dying out. Um, I know the as a comparison on pavement, though, the, the street stock class at Lancaster is thriving right now. So it just depends on where where you are in, in the racing community location wise and what's around you and and what's available and affordable. So it's just part of the ebbs and flows of this sport. And then the Little Valley Speedway, it's a, a big question mark. Unfortunately, they will not operate in 2018. Uh, I know there are issues with the the fair board and the noise with the local community. Um, not sure if they'll come back in 2019 with uh, a limited schedule. That'd be something to ask Dave Sully in the future uh, if we get him when we get him on the show sometime this season. But uh, unfortunately, they will not be running in 2018, which is a shame because it's a a gem of a facility that just ran into some bad luck this these last few years with the weather. So many of their events getting rained out and. Uh, and so that hurt them on top of issues that may have already been there. Uh, the promoters uh, just growing tired of, of running the track down there and everything that they have to deal with down there. So hopefully they find some new blood or, or work out a deal to bring back some racing there in 2019. But, Daniel, thank you for the phone call. I apologize I couldn't talk more about the uh, your third question there. I wish I, I followed it a little bit more, but it's just hard with my commitments with the tracks I do work at, I just kind of stick to the, especially on the dirt side, stick to uh, just the the dirt car, modified sportsman type cars. So, But thank you for listening. Thank you for the phone call. Thank you, everybody else, for listening. Hope you enjoy whichever race you're going to watch today, NASCAR, NHRA, F1. If you haven't watched the IndyCar race yet, I uh, hope you enjoy it. Uh, also, of course, WrestleMania tonight. Yes, not, not as diehard of a fan as I was like in high school during the Attitude Era, but I'll be watching tonight just because... Uh, YouTube got me back into wrestling. I will say that YouTube videos got me hooked back into wrestling. So I don't watch every Monday and Tuesday, but I do, I have the network and I I watch all the pay-per-views. So it's, it's, it's a guilty pleasure, I guess. And I don't have any, since Gotham's not on Monday nights anymore too, it's freed up my Monday nights to watch other things. So usually when Gotham was on Mondays, that kept me distracted from having to watch Raw or something, but I will be watching, and I loved NXT last night. That was uh, that ladder match was uh, awesome to watch. So uh, I know a lot of folks, uh, friends of mine, are, are down down there in New Orleans this weekend, including Alan Cavana is uh, from Fox Sports that we have on the program. Uh, he's in New Orleans and was at uh, the Ring of Honor show last night. And of course, uh, uh, Ryan and uh, Brian Mazurowski from WBEN are down there. So lots of people enjoying uh, WrestleMania weekend down in New Orleans. That would be a fun trip to do. That would that'd be like. That that that'd be like I don't even know how to uh, wrestling. I guess Daytona Speed Weeks. Yeah, that'd be the, that'd be the best comparison because the whole industry converges it, it in Florida for Speed Weeks, just like the whole wrestling industry kind of converging wherever WrestleMania is every week. So hope you enjoy that if you're a fan. We'll talk to you next Sunday here on WGR.
Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 